0: Welcome back to In the Know with ACCT. This is the second part of the Nurturing Leadership panel that we released on Tuesday. Be sure to also check out the primer to the National Legislative Summit that we will be releasing today and next Thursday in two parts. This is In the Know with ACCT, the voice of
1: community college leaders. I'm Jacob Bray.
2: So we have a couple questions, so please sir. Hi,
1: Vernon Young from Rain Park Technical College in Wisconsin. You had brought up about peer mentorship, and I, being a long-term trustee, have been on the board 24 years, been through four presidents, and our fourth president over those years. Um, in Wisconsin, we're lucky enough; we only have 16 districts, and we can ask another president, we know our presidents from the other districts, to be a peer mentor to a new president. Um, now, being a trustee, that's so helpful because we all know there's presidents that you can see do a better job than other presidents, being honest, and. The president said, speak up. But we had a situation where we hired a new president. We never asked part of our questions. We should have brought up, would you mind having a mentor? Um, this person, once you brought, brought this person on board, um, the person said, no, I'm not interested. I don't need a mentor. Well, truth, truthfully, that person needed a mentor more than anybody needed a mentor. Um, so, again, I just I didn't know how it works in other states, but it works so well in Wisconsin that when a new president comes on board, um, they try to peer him up with another president so that it's, it's, that's the ongoing, that's the onboarding. Because again, every state's different. There's certain pitfalls where only presidents know what they need to watch for, if it's on the legislative or wherever. And I just wanted to bring that up. That I, I feel it's so important for a successful president and for a board chair to also be reinforcing that.
3: So in, in Washington state, our presidents are phenomenal but there's also a performance um uh budget process so we i think that uh- that we have colleagues, I mean there's a bit of competitiveness I think among colleges, especially if you 're nearby, especially if we want to get as many students as possible. so what we did was yes we um, we already connected him to a president that we thought would be great um, for them to for him to be connected to and to talk and i'm sure that um, having that formal process is really um, helpful as well in terms of a peer mentor, but what we did is we um, wanted to in our state we even have a, a president's group that um, organizes some of that mentorship that happens but we let our new president know that he can access an executive coach so maybe that's a little easier on the ego than do you need a mentor to help you with the job but do you want an executive coach outside of any existing presidents I mean they could be in in-house I mean within the state or outside of the state so our president, Got an executive coach that was out of the state um, with someone he met at the Aspen Institute. So, providing that independent external um, coach, I think, um, could be very helpful.
1: But just that support beyond the board.
3: I would say keep in
4: mind you're hiring a CEO, a chief executive officer, and if you think the person needed a, a mentoring, that's something that should have come up through the interview process. Now, hopefully the person that that you've hired is going to be receptive enough to realize if this is what the board thinks, then go along with it. But again, I'm getting back to you. You're hiring a CEO, and you should hire somebody with CEO abilities, and if you do, that person is the one who should be making the decision whether or not they, they need mentoring or they should make it available to them, but that person needs to make the decision.
5: And there are going to be conversations that your president wants to have that they simply cannot have with anyone at the college. So having someone that can be a confidant, a sounding board, whether it's part of a structured program, whether it's called a a mentor, having an individual or several where where you can have those types of very candid conversations can be um, of, of great benefit to your president.
2: Yeah, that's, you know, it's, a, it's lonely at the top. That's why I have a dog. Um, another question.
6: I'm Cindy Adams, and I'm a trustee at Metropolitan Community College, Kansas City, Missouri. My question is this. Um, we have a brand-new uh, president, chancellor, however you want to disca- describe it, um, who was hired by half of the board. Because through a couple of unique circumstances, we ended up having half the board replaced shortly after the hiring. We have had a lot of trouble with the new trustees understanding the vision and the um, focus that our new president wants to take us. And so much so that one of the trustees, who I shall not name, um, for the benefit of that, um, has publicly um, denounced this president in several instances. And we've tried to rein this trustee in, and we're not having a lot of success. And I was hoping that you might be able to give some pointers if... Uh, I'm assuming that our uh, uh, particular case isn't unique. It's just that it's my first time ever having to deal with it, and I'd like some input.
2: Great question, and it happens. It happens frequently. So maybe perspectives and insights. So what happens when you hire a brand-new leader, and for whatever reason, half of the board that hired that president turns over within the first year how do you kind of build continuity or maybe anticipate that situation because we know that a new group may come in with different ideas Um, they weren't part of as you suggest the previous process they don't know why you hired that individual or maybe uh, what led to the hiring are there ways to kind of minimize that because it can be extraordinarily disruptive
4: I think your onboarding process for new trustees is every bit as important as your onboarding process for a president and and I think that one of the things that trustees have to realize is your fiduciary responsibility is to the is to the institution and the best results for the institution and someone in the example that the lady gave uh that's not living up to the high standards that we should all be living up to as trustees. So I think it should be a regular ongoing process that especially if your trustees turn over frequently, and even if they don't, uh, you should have a a healthy uh, onboarding process and then ongo- ongoing training for your board so you can live up to the high ideals that are required of you. And
5: because you, you now have a board In a scenario where people simply don't have those social connections, you don't know each other well, dedicating the time to to be with each other, talking about communication, goal-setting expectations, and really investing the time, uh, perhaps a half-day retreat, full-day retreat, multiple retreats, whatever is needed to create group cohesion.
3: I would echo um, what was shared. Um, One of the other things, in in addition to the training, the moment you get a new trustee, you want to make sure that they get training as soon as possible about the roles and responsibilities, the values of the campus and the culture, and um, getting them onboarded as soon as you can in terms of that. But if you already have a group of folks that kind of already are segueing into one camp or another, I mean... The the strength of the college is how well the, the trustees can come together and support the president. And so I really echo Julie's comment of perhaps it might be time to bring in a consultant to set the tone for the new strategic plan coming up or a summer retreat to talk about the values and mission or performance plan and bring everyone together with the consultant having some expertise on how to bridge that dynamic um, when you have those um, scenarios. The other thing is it's really nice to, when you get new board members, to quickly start setting up some mentorships with seasoned board members and talk about the value of why mentorships are important, not only because you're so great, now I'm going to you know, show all the new folks the roast, but because new folks coming onto your board have so much talent that they can bring, it's really about how best can you engage, how do you engage, what's most effective in getting your point across and how. And I think that mentorship program or process could be really helpful in that. And I know that there was a comment made about the milestones for a new president, We set some larger goals that we have because we felt that we didn't want to get prescriptive during that first 12 months. We did have priority. What we um, did is we had an interim president, and we charged the interim president to do a SWOT analysis of the strengths and weaknesses and opportunities prior to the new president coming on board, so they had that background. And we looked at the SWOT as well when we put together our goals, but we also prioritized The cabinet had a chance to figure out who were the critical partners that we're deeply engaged in. So they set the list of folks that they wanted the new president to meet, and then we supplemented that as well, and then we put together a time frame of when we wanted that to happen based off the priority of the work that needed to get done. So we didn't have anything that was tangible saying, we want you to increase so-and-so by X date, because we felt that it was premature during the first 12 months to hold the president in terms of increasing one thing or another, because we, we wanted him to identify what some of the lead or lag goals could be in some of those metrics and then have him come back to us. One
4: suggestion I heard in one of the uh, sessions I was at this week was that as a trustee, if you're having a problem with another trustee, go break bread with him, go have a meal with him, sit down and have a one-on-one friendly conversation and you'll be amazed at how that will help with, uh, with the relationship, can't hurt.
0: Hey, I just want to take a second to remind everyone that ACCT's GLI is happening March 11th through 13th, 2019 at Portland Community College in Oregon. This is an opportunity for boards and presidents to learn about key legal, regulatory, and policy issues associated with safeguarding college campuses with respect to natural disasters, violence on campus, and more. For more information, go to www.acctgli.org to register. The deadline to receive discounted hotel rate is January thirty first, 2019.
2: Those of you on the board that are you know of like mine are just going to have to push through because you don't get to choose who's on the board and i'll just tell you uh retreats i've done you know sometimes i mean let's face it whether you're elected or appointed you're all thrown into this board together the number one job is to really get to know one another understand each other And realize that at the end of the day, you are a unit. You have to function as a unit. You only have authority as a unit. But we recognize that there can be rogues. There can be dissension. uh, And it's very unfortunate. And frankly, it is not the way uh, governance ought to be practiced. And when it's not practiced, things happen. Now, we have a bunch of questions, so I want to get to those right now.
7: My name is Randy Vinson. I'm a trustee at Gaston College in North Carolina, also immediate past chair of the North Carolina Association of Community College Trustees. I wanted to speak just a second to the issue of executive coach and a mentor uh, who might be another president in the state. What we found, we've had a tremendous transition of presidents in the last 18 months, and what we found was that those presidents coming in from another state being very unfamiliar with the unique way the North Carolina system operates. uh, Some of them were even confused about who their boss was, whether it was the local board, the state board or the system office. So I think in in a case where you've got a president coming from another state, you need a local mentor from within that state who knows the system, who's been involved with it and can really help that uh, individual in that transition. Great,
2: thank you so much.
7: Yeah, Frank Aguilar, Morton College, Illinois. I can relate to your situation. I have a split vote of a board, and we're going through the rough times right now. But if you focused on what the college of purpose is to students, community, and you get the support of the local mayors, you get the support from local businesses, you get the support from organizations that deal with, especially with youth, and now, maybe half of your board doesn't support your president. It has the focus and priority of students and the community. Now you get the whole community, and the whole district, to back up your back, back your president, in the vision that he shares with the other, the half of the board that has that vision for the college. And eventually, you know, they're going to get the they're they're going to get the message that you're not there for you. You're there for the community and the college, and the priority of the students. And I'm onboarding the trustees, and that's the way I'm dealing with being a board chair. It's my, my first year as board chair, and it's it's been kind of rough. And it's, I'm still going through that rough. But get the whole community to support your president. And if onboarding doesn't work, then you could always use use waterboarding. You know. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'm
2: not sure we support that as a strategy, but Just I, I have met I have met a few trustees that were pretty transient on some things, but. Um, Just so for your information, um, we released earlier this year um, a report on what boards need to know about accreditation. We also have a podcast. I would just say in situations that you're facing, you must make these people understand that what they're doing and how they're behaving is putting the entire institution at risk. You know, I don't care if they don't like the president or they don't agree with the decision. They're jeopardizing that entire institution. And accreditors are looking for this because they're under tremendous pressure from the federal government and others to justify their own existence. So you, you've got to get people to understand that that kind of behavior, uh, and certainly as was referenced earlier, disparaging a president in public or or in a board meeting, uh, is going to invite the accreditors to put more than their nose under your tent. Yes, sir.
8: My name is Dave Hunt. I'm from the, the Clackamas Community College Board in Oregon. Uh, we we are just a few months into a new president, and one of the things our outgoing president did, actually two things she did, that were usually beneficial to us. One, she gave us 16 months' notice, which even put us ahead of the 12 month notice colleges in the cycle, which ended up being a real benefit in the search process. Um, we, we did found find we had to be careful to not allow people to put her in a lame duck situation uh, because she had given us the benefit of so much notice, so that was a, a caution we had to to monitor. But the upside of that was was just tremendous in terms of being able to pace our process and have a nice uh, steady, successful transition. But the one of the things she did, which we our board I don't think would have ever thought of. She identified somebody on the faculty to serve as a full-time transition coordinator uh, through that whole process and then into the new presidency. It was a person who was a former full-time faculty association president, so had good credibility with the, with the board and with the faculty, and was kind of somebody who could be on first, not you know staffing the part of the process that had to be staffed from the college, uh, but it wasn't the... President's executive assistant. It wasn't the uh, the CFO. It was somebody whose sole responsibility was thinking about what do we need to be laying in place that will help the new president be successful in the transition. One of the things she forced us to do, which was an interesting exercise, was uh, created a Google Doc and asked all the board members to identify all those people in the community and then forced us to say, is this a person who should be in the first three months, or the first six months, or the first year, or even the second year? And once we could see collectively all the people that all our colleagues were identifying, it really forced us to say, well, I thought that person was important, but on second thought, that's really a second 2nd term, second, third, fourth tier kind of person. Uh, but just having that person on first who was forcing us to, uh, to think constantly about the
2: transition and the next steps, we found to be really helpful. Great. Thank you. Um, we have a few minutes left. Uh, additional thoughts or things that have been said or any last-minute questions?
5: One, one point I wanted to share is, as board members, you can fully support your president without necessarily agreeing with their decisions. there There's a distinction. And providing that, that cohesive support is really what's going to be best for, for the college and the community, even if personally, as an individual, you don't agree with all the decisions.
4: I think the the fact that the only 20% of schools have, have uh, succession plans, and that, in many cases, uh, the 16-month is is a, is a luxury. And it'd be great if we all had that, but, but the reality is most of us don't. But there are other things you can do by practicing good boardmanship all the time, all the time. Have good, productive retreats. Have good, productive trustee evaluations. Understand your responsibility and continually reinforce it uh, of your fiduciary responsibility. Ability to the organization. And when trustees violate that responsibility, the accreditation will get all over you. Um, but by having a good, high-performing board, when you get into these situations where you have uh, a situation where you, in a relatively short period of time you've got to change leadership, your likelihood of success will be greater. And just to use a football analogy, you don't play any better than you practice. And if you're not practicing every day at being at your best, when it gets to that crucial time, when you're needed to be at your best, you won't get there, and your institution will suffer because of that. So in lieu of having a 16-month time to plan ahead, I would just encourage you to focus on good boardmanship as individuals and collectively, and then when you get into this situation or crisis situations, this is the new change in leadership is an opportunity, but you'll perform at a much better uh, level. Your community and your school will benefit tremendously from it, and that's all of our responsibility.
6: As, as a president, I think the most important thing for me coming into to the role was clear goals with timelines and regular reviews. Uh, absolutely, that was our playbook. Uh, we shared it with new board members were appointed. Uh, we reviewed it on an annual basis, but we had regular conversations around that. Uh, if the goals uh, are set collaboratively, whether that's a few months in or two weeks in, as in my case, uh, it needs to be done, and it does not need to be put on a shelf somewhere. It needs to be real, uh, and, it, and it creates an open dialogue with the, for the president, Uh, and the board uh, to to move the institution forward. And that's the most important thing for me.
3: And I think the onboarding of a new president, um, especially when there's dynamics and tension or stress or disconnect between a a board, could be a great opportunity and a reason to bring the board together to make sure that the training is provided, even some general trainings about roles and responsibilities and reinforcing that because you don't want your trustees going there and saying, I have a new project, with this one kitchen program I'd like you to start. So, I mean, I think this is such an exciting process, even though it may be multiple presidents for some of the colleges, but use this as an opportunity to bring people together, to bring the trustee together, to motivate and excite the community about the new president that you are gonna be hiring, that they're gonna get a chance to have a say in that process and be inclusive and invite them, and use the catalyst from this opportunity to really bring people together And I, again, I think it's so important that when you use this opportunity that as trustees we access just like we want our presidents to tap into any areas that they may not be, that they want to develop further, access to training as a trustee so that we are on the same page when we are providing some expectations for that first year. Because that clarity of expectation and that goal for your new president is going to be absolutely critical.
2: Yeah, one real, last real question.
7: Uh, John Lane, Big Bend College in Washington State. We ask, This is from the trustees' pr- perspective, certainly ACCT is a great organization, but there's also organizations for our presidents, our sister organization, if you will, and maybe you know, you know more about it than I do, but they have great training, too, and we need to encourage our presidents to be involved in that.
2: Yeah, great point. I mean, presidents and boards should support the professional development of presidents. The truth is the best friends presidents can have our other presidents uh, to pick their brains to get their counsel to share experiences. Excellent point and our sister organization exists primarily for that purpose. Well we've reached uh, the end of our time. I would just say in terms of a benediction that you cannot overemphasize the importance of boardsmanship in all of these areas. My team knows that I'm fond of always saying that The science of governance is not very complex. It's very straightforward and very simple, but the practice of governance is an art form. It takes time, it takes passion, it takes commitment. So always find opportunities to up your practice and to build a cohesive and excellent board.
0: Thank you for listening to the question and answer section of the Nurturing Leadership Panel. Be sure to check out the National Legislative Summit primer that we released today as well. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again on Tuesday.